Gathering Strength Podcast, episode 52, with your boy, Ruby Rube, with me as always, my buddy, my pal, a guy who I can count on always to hit me with another one. Today's word of the day is aspire. Now, this word of the day is going to dovetail in to the meat and potatoes. So I'm going to hit you with a one-two punch. And when you're dizzy from all this new knowledge, oh, I'm going to drop your ass with the haymaker and you'll be out for the count. Today's word of the day is aspire. And the definition of aspire, not inspire, two totally different words, two totally different definitions. So focus. Today's word of the day is aspire. Direct one's hopes or ambitions towards achieving something. To raise higher and tower. Oh yeah. Aspire. Now I already hear people saying, Ruby Rube, what's the significance and why would I want to know the word aspire? Well, you go and learn today. But the word aspire means is to direct your hopes towards something higher. So, what do you want to be? What do you aspire to be? Not only in a career sense, but how about the virtues and values that we have? Because the virtues and values that we have are going to dictate where we go. There is an author named... um, Brene Brown, and she was the one who first enlightened me on this word and enlightened me on how there is a gap between my aspirational values, which the values that I that I hope to achieve and the ambitious place that I hope to arrive at and the practice values that I do every single day because there is a difference between the aspirational values or the values that we aspire to have like being loving kind patient uh, to be a good listener but the practice values well that's who we are and if there is a gap in between our aspirational values and a and a gap between our practice values, well, that gap is where frustration is. Let's say that you have a aspirational goal of being a good listener because you have identified that in order to be a a good significant other, a good friend, you can't be cutting people off and dominating the conversation. So you have a aspirational goal of being a good leader. But when somebody is talking, you have an inclination to cut them off and, and butt in. And next thing you know, the whole conversation is centered around you. Well, we have identified a gap in our values. You are not being the person who you aspire to be. You are being this person who dominates the conversation. 
And it's not fun to have conversations with, with those people. Let's say you aspire to be patient with your kids. You say, hey, I'm a patient person. Being patient, that, or having patience, that is a virtue of love. And I want to be patient with my kids because I want them to be patient. Because it is good when people are more patient. Now, the following day, following day comes and your child throws a temper tantrum. And then you snap at them. And then you yell at them. And then you throw them in the room. And now you feel like crap because you did not live up to your aspirational values. And that's where the frustration is. Rather than being that kind, patient, understanding person, you practice impatience. You practice hostility. You practice dominating. The complete opposite of what you aspire to be. And that's where frustration lives. One last example of aspirational values and your practice values and the gap that resides in between. Let's say you have a aspirational value, a fundamental belief that, hey, it is important to have a strong body. It is important to exercise. It is important to do these workouts so that you can maintain a healthy body, mind, spirit. But then when the day comes, your practice values is getting drunk, getting high, eating a whole bag of chips. Well, there's another gap. There's another gap in your aspirational values, which has identified your high hopes, your high ambitions, and the physical practice values. And I thought that that was a fascinating, um, a fascinating topic, a fascinating thing to think about, because if we're not mindful of these gaps, And the things that we do on a day-to-day, if we are not mindful of our aspirations, of our high hopes, of our high ambitions, if we don't even know what those are, and we are just blindly going about our lower-valued practice values, then you can bet your bottom dollar that, that we're not rising up to our highest potential and because we're not being our truest strongest greatest self then that that creates a a internal problem it creates a internal problem that you might not even be aware of and that's what your boy Ruby Rube hopes to sow a seed of today is to encourage you to look at your life, look at yourself, list out, or at least think about your aspirational values. Who is the person you want to be? What does that person look like? 
And then what are your practice values? What are you doing? Is there a big, huge Grand Canyon gap in between those two people? A big gap in between those two values? If there is, hey, um, you have a, a course to, to correct. You need to shorten and lessen the, the gap that resides in between the two of those. Now, the goal, the goal is never perfection. You're never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. But we're never going to be done either. There's never going to be that sound of a, of a, that is equivalent to a microwave that goes off after three minutes and bing, all right, you're done. You have obtained your highest aspirational values. No, that sound never goes off because as you start to decrease and shorten the gap that resides in between your aspirational values and your practice values, your practice values get elevated and because you become a stronger, better, more well-equipped and evolved human being, well, your aspirational values, those call for you to be bigger. So you're never done. You never arrive at the top of your aspirational values. Because like I said, as you ascend, so do your goals. And that's all right. Because there's always room for improvement. Even the greats, even the best people out there, whoever they are, they all look at themselves and they say, hey, I have my own set of aspirational values and they are quite high, but yet there's still a gap that remains. And that's all right. Like I said, nobody's ever perfect. Nobody is ever going to scale to the top of their own mountain because when you do get to the top, you, you end up at the bottom of another mountain and that's called life. Your boy Ruby Rube wants you to scale as many mountains as possible. I want you to get to the top of all of the mountains so that, hey, we, we all can grow together. So I gave you guys the word of the day, which was aspire. I talked about aspirational values, the values that you aspire to achieve, and then the gap that resides in between your practice values. And the aim for talking about that is just to sow a little seed so that we're mindful of what we do. We're mindful of the person who we aspire to be and that we are mindful of the things that we do today that prevent us from getting there. Because ultimately, the power and the choice is always in our hands. Nobody can make us be a dickhead. Nobody can make us eat crappy food. Nobody can make us do anything. And similarly, nobody can make us work on our weaknesses. Nobody can make us look at ourselves long and hard in the mirror to face all the ugliness that resides in every single human being. Viktor Frankl, the psychologist, 
who spent time in Auschwitz. Uh, he has a great quote saying that the line between good and evil resides in every human being. And if we're not careful, we can start to tiptoe into that dark area of our lives. And if we're not mindful and aware or strong enough, hey, then that's where we will dwell in the darkness. But hey, your aspirations, they're not in the dark. They are above that. They're high. They're lofty. The darkness is down below. To aspire is to ascend so let's get to the top of these mountains, not the bottoms of the pits. Your boy Ruby Rube wants you to win. Once again, buff body, buff bank, buff mind, buff spirit. Let's go. So I probably could have um I probably could have rearranged this this podcasting episode and started off the episode with the with a weekend recap. But hey, you know what? Here at Gathering Strength, we figure out things as we move forward. There's no format, really. This is all just the, off, the, off the top of my mind to help me teach a little bit of things that I know. Because when you teach, you learn. And not only are you going to learn today, I'm going to learn today. So my weekend was great. Once again, I probably should have started this episode off with the weekend recap, but hey, I'm going to finish it because I can do what I want. This is my podcast, and I'm going to end this episode with the weekend recap. So like I was saying, my weekend was awesome. How was your weekend? It was a beautiful, a beautiful weekend in Livermore, California. It was about a nice 78 to 80 degrees, uh, not a cloud in the sky, there was so much to do for us, me and my family. My son had a, a school dance scheduled and a basketball tournament, but unfortunately, he was sick all weekend from Friday until about Saturday evening, and then he was a little bit lethargic on Sunday. So once again, another great example of how health is wealth, because when you're sick, you can't go go and shake your groove thing at a school dance with your buddies and pals. No, you got to be at home with a bellyache. And when you're sick and when you're not strong, you can't be running up and down the court participating in, in a basketball tournament. No, you are far too weak for that. So a prime example of how health is the first wealth. You can be the greatest basketball player and just, and just be completely sick and crapping yourself and just in horrible condition. And because you are not feeling well or you have a a, a, a sprained ankle or this, name whatever type of injury, you're not gonna be able to go out there and perform at your best. Hell, you might even miss the entire game. Just like just like my, my son did. So because we we primarily stood home the entire time, I was able to get a bunch of things done. From Friday to Sunday morning, I was able to write over thirteen thousand words in my manuscript. 
Now, prior to this, to this flow state that I experienced over over this last weekend, I had taken some some time off, maybe about two weeks, two and a half weeks, because I reached a a point to where I was struggling thinking about what to write. Um, you know the old the old term writer's block. And then so I said to myself, hey, Ruby Rubin, I'm going to step away from the computer and I am going to just live my life a little bit and figure things out as they will come to me, as the opportunity presents itself. And so I continued to live my life, did my running, my my reading, my writing, my fatherly duties, my household duties, my husbandly duties, and, you know, just living a life. And then, oh, hey, I got that inkling. Something said, hey, it is time. So I went down to my computer and just started banging away. Luckily, back in high school, I took four years of, of a typewriting class, of a, of, a, of a keyboarding class. And at the time back then, I was like, you know what? What, what would be the easiest elective? Because that, that was my mindset back then. I wanted it. I wanted things that were easy and I was like you know what how hard can this keyboarding stuff be and little did I know that that typing skill would be a very valuable asset that I have used tremendously all throughout my life and my highest word per minute that I was ever able to type was I believe 72 words per minute oh yeah I was Clickety clack 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 typing away. And now because I have that asset of being a fast, efficient, technical typer, hey, I was able to bang out those 13,000 words very quickly. So that that was an awesome feeling. The Warriors are playing in the playoffs. They're playing the Sacramento Kings. And once again, beautiful day. We should have been outside, but hey, the the energy level of, of my kids because of their illness over the last few days, it was greatly diminished. And so we were just kind of putzing around the house, going in and out, you know, just not, not, not doing too much of anything. But so there was a moment after I had gotten done, do, obviously doing everything that needed to be done, which afforded me this luxury. Um, the Warriors game was on. My son was on his Nintendo DS on the couch, you know, just chilling, had the game on. And I sat down for a moment and, and I began to watch the, the, the game. And then all of a sudden, a Burger King commercial comes on. And this was about like lunchtime. And the Burger King commercial has its graphics. They have their cinematography. They have the fire, the flames, the steamy fries, the juicy beef patties, the crisp lettuce, the... I'm not sure if they have a sesame seed bun, but yeah, no, there was a delicious looking bun. They had the the carbonated Coca-Cola being slow motionly poured into the cup with the ice. And it was just a very perfected commercial. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, this... This looks really good. I kind of want to go out to Burger King and get me this meal. And then I thought, man, these guys are so good at what they do. 
they had your boy Ruby Rube fooled into believing that I wanted some Burger King. And to my estimation, nobody wants Burger King. You get tricked into it. It is fast food. And because you find yourself, or at least, uh, you know, I'm going to speak for myself because there are some people who survive on Burger King. Now, if I happen to find myself in a Burger King, it was it's going to be because I failed to plan a meal. I failed to plan all sorts of things. And I, I would have to be so hungry and pretty much starving and there not be anything else in the vicinity for me to eat. And then I will find myself in a Burger King drive through line. And then I will eat it. Oh yeah, it, it might taste good going down, but I'll feel like crap. And I, I'm not just saying this for any other reason than to spit the truth. Hey, your boy Ruby Rube is going to be honest with you. When I eat that stuff, it does not make me feel good. But when I was sitting there a little bit hungry, it was lunchtime. It was a beautiful day. I was able to smell that juicy burger that was getting flame broiled right on the grill, right on my TV screen. And I was like, man, these people have their marketing down. And you know what? They spend millions upon millions upon millions of dollars researching all of the all of the right buttons to push that elicit those feelings that I was feeling in the comfort of my own home. And if I was a weaker man, I would have said, Honey, gather up the kids. We're going to Burger King. But because I am not that guy, I went into my refrigerator where I have some some fresh cooked wild salmon with some, some fresh greens and nice fizzy bubbly water. And I went and handled my my hunger and satiated myself as a responsible adult would would do. And you know what? Those those fancy or those those um those sparkling waters there's something about how hey, you know, drinking plain water, that that's totally fine. I'll I will chug a whole gallon throughout the day. But when you add in those bubbles, hell, man, we have we have a party now. Isn't that interesting how the plain water, yeah, cool, whatever. But you had some, you had some fizzy bubbly in it. Sheesh. That's how I live it up these days. And one thing that I discovered about myself is that I like things with with a little bit of a bite. I was a uh, when I was drinking beer, I was an IPA guy, and those things they they have a bite to them. You you take the glass to your mouth, you tip back. You take a gulp and you go, you know, same deal with, with drinking a Coke. There's a bite and those bubbles are what provide that bite. So if you are a soda drinker and you're trying to, to eliminate, reduce, or completely stop your soda drinking habit, hey, I, I would, I would uh, encourage you to, to try drinking some sparkling water. For me, 
it gets the job done. It doesn't feel like I am depriving myself of anything. And like I said, those bubbles bring the party. So if you want to have a party at your house, hey, uh, count on me to bring the sparkling water. Let's get this party started. How funny would that be if back in the day, we're in our 20s, and your boy Ruby Rube comes through with a full case of some sparkling, some strawberry sparkling water, zero sugar. And I'm just like, oh, hey, guys, it's going down tonight. And I'm passing out the fizzy bubbly waters. And and the fellows are just like, what the hell is going on? And I'm and I crack open a sparkling water and I chug it with the same vigor and passion as I as I would a beer. Hey, you know what? I'm even going to shotgun. That's right. I'm going to take a bite out of the bottom of a can and I'm going to shotgun it. I'm going to shotgun a sparkling water because I'm a, I, I feel like wild and out today. You know what? I'm going to put that on my things to do this weekend. Shotgun a few sparkling waters just to live, relive the old glory days. I might even get a, get a, a, a beer bong, but you know what? I'm going to, I might invent a sparkling, a sparkling water bong. Uh, they probably don't have any of those on the market. It, it's it's not the same as a beer bong, you know, because this one this one is made for sparkling water. Oh, can you imagine the rush and the belch after? Oh, hey, you'll be having some of the best burps. You might even start your own burping competition. That's not out on the market. Hey, your boy Ruby Rube is going to be filling all types of gaps. And I'm, I'm not talking about the gaps that are, in, that are in your grandma. I'm talking about the gaps in the market. I, I potentially found a, a multi-million dollar market. S- sparkling water, bongs, and belching competition. So, hey yo. That is enough for today. If you enjoyed any of this content, go ahead and give me a like, subscribe, and a follow, of course. Until next time, it's onward. Always onward.